Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. On a cold morning, actually, it doesn't have to be cold. <laughs> Any morning, really. Um, oftentimes, I have to start the day, and I put a lot of trust in this hot substance I put in this mug. And, dude, if it comes from ro- Roast Coffee Shop in the middle of town, it is ideal. Shameless plug for one of my friends and his business. And you know, I, 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 sometimes I put a lot of trust in getting my day going right by, by this. Anybody, do, anybody else have something? You bunch of perfect people. You're just not even one like, nah, I ain't going to say that. I don't have a problem. Listen, man, sometimes we put our trust in things that are just everyday things, right? If I need a cup of coffee to get my day going right, I probably got problems. Trust is a big deal. I'm trusting this little red cup to get me going in the right direction in the day. I'm, I might not be where I need to be. You know what I mean? My wife and I have been married for 22 years. And all you husbands, I'm about to say something, and I ask for permission first. It's not just my story. It's her story too, right? You understand what I'm saying? Been married for 22 years and a few months. And I gotta be really honest with you, the first three years ish were absolutely excruciating. And I'm not lying. And one of the reasons it was excruciating because there was this trust thing that hadn't quite grown yet. And, and, and I got and, and life was chaotic. Marriage was unfulfilling. It was awful. And I remember having a conversation one night, and the conversation went something like this. If we don't have trust, what do we have? What are you saying? I'm saying, if we don't have trust, what do we have? No, really, what are you saying? I'm saying, we got to work on it. And then these words were spoken by one of us that changed everything. And they were something like this. I'm going to have to trust God even when I can't trust you. And it revolutionized our relationship. Because if I'm trusting in a person, I better be trusting in the right person. And if my trust is in some other person other than the one who made me and created me, my trust is, is misfounded. If, 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 I, if I cannot get to the point where I can trust him above everything else, then I'm missing the point. Anybody, anybody else out here have, have, have issues, trust issues? See, we, we, we all have them. We often find ourselves uh, trusting and mistrusting things. That, 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 that trust is a hard thing to come by. And boy, do we have all the ammunition we need to be mistrusting, don't we? I mean, turn on the news. Be careful what things you click into on Facebook and Twitter. Because they'll give you all kinds of reason to mistrust everybody. Am I right? And, 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 and we're trying to figure this thing out and, and trying to learn to trust, but it's just harder. And, and then for the next month, we're going to talk about this, that, 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 that as followers of Christ, trust is an absolute necessity. 
If we're going to follow Christ to the nth degree, trust is an absolute. You you cannot be a follower of Christ without involving the idea of trust. It's impossible. And so, and if this year is going to be, I'm going to say something to you. I know we saw the guy with the pull-up bar. I just talked to somebody in the in the congregation this morning. They have been to the workout room four times this this week. I went, you are so far ahead of me. You make me sick. Because I'm trying to trust myself and getting those kind of resolutions. How many of y'all made a resolution this week? Okay. Next week's message will be about lying. Because I know some of, you got, some, of you, some of you may not have like written it down or made it known, but you're like, this is going to be different this year. How many have said that? Oh, see, now we're getting down to, re- you wouldn't call it a resolution, but you said it, right? You thought it, right? I'm going to bleh, fill in the blank, right? I'm going to get down to whatever weight. I'm going to pay down that bill. I'm going to, right? Anybody done that? I'm going to get my marriage straightened out. I'm going to pass that class. I'm going to get that certification. I'm going. Anybody done that? It's going to be different. And here we are, January 7. And how many of you already found out you can't trust yourself to follow through with that? Huh? Anybody found that to be true? Oh, it's going to be the same. Huh? You want to find out that the trust is a big deal, and a well-founded trust is something that will change our lives. And trust is this, turning to rely upon someone or something truly. Turning to rely upon someone or something truly. We're going to talk for the next few weeks about trusting God. We're going to talk about trusting God in life t- today. Next week we're going to talk about trusting God's word uh, for life next week. The following week we'll talk about trusting God's spirit. The following week we'll talk about tr- creating an atmosphere to trust God's people. Okay? So for the next four weeks, that's kind of where you're going to be. It's about trust, all right? And we're going to talk about today this this idea. Turning to rely upon God truly brings life and peace. Turning to rely upon God truly brings life and peace. Look at Isaiah 26, 3 and 4 with me. We're talking about this idea of trust. Listen to this this, this word. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you, I love how Isaiah Isaiah writes this because this first verse, he's having a conversation with God. He's not talking to you because you're not that. Hey, 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 husbands, how many of you are able to keep your wife in perfect peace? Didn't think so. Now we're getting getting around to the honesty. Hey, moms, how many of you are able to keep your kids in perfect peace? Anybody out there can do that? No, 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 no. Boyfriend, girlfriend, you able to keep that other person in perfect peace? Friends, can't do it, right? So, see, Isaiah's not talking to you. He's not. When he says you, he's not talking to you. He and and God are having a conversation he's letting us in on. Check that out. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And then in verse 4, he turns to us. He offers us this encouragement. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. 
Turning to rely upon someone or something truly, that is trust. And see, what what I found is we talk about trust, we don't always live it. We don't always think it. We talk, but we don't always get there. And our lives play that out. Because we can say we trust God, but what are we doing when the bills don't add up? We can say we trust our spouse, but what happens when they're five minutes late getting home from work? We, 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 can, we can say we, we, we trust our leaders to make good decisions, but what happens when they make, something we dis- they make a decision we disagree with? What, what, where, where is it really, right? So we can talk about it all day long, but until we really start doing it, it, doesn't make, it makes no difference. And, and, and trust is something, we can say we trust God, right? But what happens when we get a, bad diagnosis at the doctor. What happens when, when, when we, we, we pray for something? It doesn't happen just the way we want it to. What happens when, when, when we are not, uh, when, when God's plans doesn't work out according to our time schedule, right? Then we find out really if we're trusting or not. And, and trust is a big, big deal. This word perfect peace here is an awesome word. It means to be whole. Because here's what I found. When I'm not trusting, my life starts to fragment. Is yours like that? If I'm trusting in God, suddenly everything that's fragmented starts to come together, right? He'll keep in perfect peace. He'll make things perfect fit like they're supposed to fit not out here i'm not talking about this out here dude this out here is never going to be right when he's talking about to be whole he's talking about in here the fragmentation happens in here and when this is all askew when this is all torn up when this is when, when my emotions are frazzled when my mental abilities are stressed out and trust me i have learned a lot of I'm going to talk to my, my, my buddy Patrick today. Can I do that, Patrick? He's not my wife, but I ask him anyway, right? I said something to somebody yesterday, like, dude, you need rest. He got mad at me. You know why? Because I used to tell everybody, I don't need very much rest. And he, he, he's a good friend. He beat, he, he beat me up for talking about not, and he said, Aaron, you need more sleep, man. I'm like, dude, I don't need more sleep. And what I found out in, about May Dude, I was so fatigued, I didn't know what end was up, man. And I don't need a lot of sleep, but I need good sleep. And I wasn't getting it. And, when, and I found out when, my, when I stopped trusting, when I began to trust what I could do, when I began to trust what, what other people could do for me, when I began to trust certain things, and certain, I, my life on the inside became fragmented. It was no longer whole. And I've learned this year that when I trust in God, I I find perfect peace. Not out here. Nothing out here has changed a whole lot for me. But a lot in here has. A lot in here has. And it's amazing when this in here is right, how even when this is messed up, things kind of roll with it, man. Man, things, things, trust in the Lord. He says here, this word trust, the first trust, he says, all who trust. This is the word, this word means confident. And it's more descriptive in this 
usage than, than, than the, the, the next one. He, he's talking about this idea of, of being confident in God. Those who are confident of you, God, they, they are in perfect peace. Okay? The second usage is more of an action. Listen to this. It says, trust in the Lord. This idea here is the act of confiding. It's, it talks about the object of the confidence. It's the state of confidence or security. And so here's what, here's what he's saying. He said, listen, there can be a state. There needs to be a place where trust is active. That is a continual circumstance that you live in and live under. The idea of trust. It can't be something you can mentally give yourself to only. It has to be something you actively carry out. In who? The Lord. Why? And the most awesome answer is this. He's an everlasting rock. And that word everlasting means unlimited by time and space. Is that awesome? He, he's unlimited. Most of your angst, even this morning, probably relies on what's going to happen later today. Or when you get back to work tomorrow, some of you already are anxious about the weather channel because snow and freezing rain's coming. And what's that mean about tomorrow? And can I get where I need to go? And, how, and is there, is there going to be school? Is some of you going to beat up the superintendent on Facebook? See, we don't trust very much, do we? Right? And you all know, if we were in school, when we were in school, we'd have been at school on Friday. I'm just saying. And that you, you beat some dude to a pieces on Facebook on Friday because he didn't counsel school. Just saying. This is what wrote me the road, right? <laughs> I, I like this whether you do or not. That's all right. Because it's true. And we, still, we, we, we think, you know, and I, hey, the one school that had school in Friday, I go buy it every morning. And trust me, if you, the lack of trust, if you're worried about your kids getting to school, it must be about your driving. Because you don't let your kids ride the bus. I went to that school when I was a kid. I wouldn't hardly parents dropping off kids at that school when I was a kid. We all rode the bus. You can't get close to the school because of all the parent traffic. So who? Anyhow, I'm just saying. It's real around here. I don't know if you let people talk to you real. We just talk real around here. He says, the church say he's everlasting. He's unlimited in duration of time, usually with a focus on the future. That's what, it, that's what the word everlasting means. The next word is rock. It has to do with being confined or bound to something. It has the idea of a besiegement or a barricade. What does that mean? That means we need this. We need to fortify our lives around the one who is unlimited by time, space, the past, the present, the future. You see, some of us are up about tomorrow because of what happened yesterday. There's things in our lives that people showed us we could not trust them. Or there's portions of our lives, our circumstances, where we thought God should have, ought to did whatever, and he didn't do it, and so we're worried about tomorrow. We can't get out of today with a good mind. We're not in perfect peace because we think we know better than him. We trust us, but we want the, the one who sits on the circumference of the world and can see everything, not just our little scope of, Right? And so, so he, he, he's calling us to a deeper place. Turning to rely upon God truly brings life and peace. It does. It doesn't mean a life without problems. It does not mean a life without certain kinds of chaos. It doesn't mean a life that goes fluidly all the time, every day. But it does mean life that is fulfilling and adventurous and, and growing and, and, and what it ought to be. That's what that word means in the Scripture. 
We think, as Americans, that everything ought to just go our way. We should be at Burger King all the time. Get it our way, right? Listen, you're not in charge. How many of you have ever had to explain to your kids something they can't get their mind around and that they think they know better than you? There's one dad who, who goes to church here. One day when, he, when I was the youth pastor for his kids, he, we, were sitting around, we were sitting around here at these doors right here. We were talking. He's having some issues with, with, with him. And he goes, he goes, I just hope they all grow up and move out where they still know everything. I will never forget that. Because we think that with God. We think we know better than him. We do. Don't, am I right? And then we get anxious because there's things beyond our control. And, and our lives, our hearts, our minds begin to fragment. There's not, a whole, there's not wholeness there. There's not perfect peace. We think, God, we think we know better where our lives ought to be, what callings we ought to have, where we ought to live, what job we ought to do, where, what, 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 how we should use our gifts. We think we know better. And so we're being misused or not used enough or, or, or we ought to be someplace. We ought to live in a different class. Trust me, I played that game with Jesus. I had some people try and talk me into starting CT South this week. Way south. Like below the Mason-Dixon line, south. Which didn't matter this week at all, right, Greg? And I, I remember arguing with God like, you put me in the wrong place. I hate Ohio in January. I hate it in February when the sun hasn't shined but for about three hours and the temperature hasn't got above 28 in five weeks. I can't stand that. I try and tell him he ought to send me someplace else. About a year ago, he goes, shut up. Shut up. God didn't talk to you. Well, he most certainly did. He's like, I don't want to hear it again. I know better than you. I know what you need. I know what you don't need. And I found myself. You know what I did this week? Can I, can I confess? You guys got time? I come walking between my garage and my deck at the back of my house. And I have to deal with the ice and the snow and the cold. And I said something like this to myself. I don't understand why people want to live in an environment like this. Man, Jesus, if people didn't want to live here, I wouldn't have to live here. Because you called me to help people. Why don't you put it in their heart to move, like, to Madeira Beach? That would be awesome. We could have great church in Florida. That would be awesome. I can't go, Aaron. You know, I have to do it with my kids. They start belly and I go, all I got to do is go, Caleb. He just starts shaking his head and walked the other way, you know, like, okay, yeah, I know, Dad. And I just felt like, yeah, you know, because I, I, I think I know better sometimes, you know. I, I think I think I got I got I got more going on than he's got going on. I, I, I think that the man I could I I could work I could work the government out better than he. Could. Some of y'all still don't believe that passage of scripture that says God puts him up and God puts him down. That's what it says. What the heck is going on? I don't know sometimes, honestly. And trust me, a lot lately I'm going, Jesus, I hope you know what you're doing. Because this old boy don't know. 
And, and, and I'm trying to figure it out. So the question is, you know, if I'm supposed to turn to rely upon God and truly, and that's going to bring life and peace, how in the world do I do that, right? Anybody want to anybody want to ask that question? Yeah, I get it, dude. But how? Can I say something to you too? Because I know some of you are like, he just used the word "dude" while he's preaching. Okay. I I don't, I don't mind, you know, the respect issue and call me pastor and all that kind of stuff. But dude, listen. I use dude all the time, all right? I use bro. On a couple occasions, I say, bruh. And here's one thing I do know. We're all in this together. Just because I got a microphone in my hand, I got an office right back those doors, doesn't make me any different than you. All right? You can call me bro. You can call me dude. You can call me bruh. As the old saying, just don't call me late for dinner, right? Because we're all in this together. And, and, and we've got to walk this thing out together. I need you. You need me. We, we can't have this hierarchical thing going on where somebody thinks that somebody else has got it going on better than you, or somebody else has got an attitude problem because they think they're better than everybody else. That can't happen. Humility's got to rule the day because there's one person we can trust, and it's him, right? How to trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 read like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. The first thing he tells you on how to trust is to trust with your heart. Heart's a funny thing, because right now we're not talking about that muscle in the middle of your chest that has four chambers. We're talking about the part of you that is the innermost core of who you are. Anytime you see heart in the scripture, it's not talking about a muscle. It's talking about the, the, the real you, the deep inside you, the spiritual part of you, the part of you that's Im, that, that is immortal, that lasts forever, the part of you that, that we're, 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 we're living it really happens, what, that nobody can know that, ex, ex, unless you let them in on it. That, that's what it's talking about. And you have to trust God down deep in here. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say trust God with your mind. Now, God's not giving us a license to, to like go you know, off into like some weird place and to stop using common sense or anything. But oftentimes, our mind gets in the way. That's why the next thing says, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't depend on what you know. Oftentimes, what you know will lead you astray. Heart, the, tr- the trust is a heart issue. See, right now, some of you can't trust your husband or your wife. That's not an issue of facts and figures necessarily. That's a heart issue. Now, there may be facts and figures that line that thing up for you, but ultimately you've got to make a decision in here. When, when my wife and I had that conversation 19 years ago, that wasn't an issue. When, when one of us said, I'm going to have to trust God even if I can't trust you, that had nothing to do with facts and figures. That had everything to do with what's going on on the inside, deeply in a person, and making a decision with all of our being to trust someone greater than us. Are you understanding that? Because the facts and figures would line up. Both of us are imperfect and infallible and all of that, and probably not worth trusting. What are you trying to say, Aaron? I'm saying this. Sometimes I say stupid stuff. Sometimes I misspend money. Sometimes I don't manage time very well. 
sometimes I lose my cool. You ever had one of those moments where, you, where, you, where, you, where your spouse says something to you and it just kind of rubs the wrong way? And at that moment, it wasn't even about what she said to me. It was about a bunch of other stuff going around me, and I lost my mind. You did that? Oh, my gosh, did I? Ah. Then about an hour and a half later, I'm like, you know, babe, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a doofus, okay? And um, I just want to explain something. Here's what's happening. Here's why I did that. I'm not justifying it. I'm just going to tell you what emotional state I'm in. And she just looked at me and went, Bat her eyes, and she smiled. I know. I said, I love you. She's like, I know. <laughs> Almost like, who wouldn't? Right? And it's a heart issue. If you're looking for enough facts, you'll find them. There's enough there. You're going to find some circumstance, some situation that's going to make your mind go, oh, that doesn't add up. Guess i got to stop trusting now. Trust is a heart issue. Faith is a heart issue. Faith at times has to transcend facts and figures. Or it's not real. Because faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not seen. Things you can't equate, things you can't tally up, things that don't make sense. That's, that's, we walk by faith, not by sight. See, if you can add it up, you can divide it, you can, you can look at it on a graph, it probably doesn't take faith to, to, to walk it out. But when you can't see it, that's where faith comes in. And so I, I can't always, I, I, was, I was watching, I, 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 I read on my iPad. I got a Kindle app here. I always, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also very frugal, so I, I pay attention to when I get those things. $1.99 a day on Kindle. Yes, I got like eighty-five books in my in my in my iPad right now. I haven't read yet. Buck ninety-nine, dude. You can't pass that up. Yes, right. And so I got I got one of those emails today or the other day, and I started, and it was some book called the Five Second Rule. I'd never heard of, right? The Five Second Rule. And this person named Mel Robbins had written it, and I thought, and they said something about motivational speaker, talks to CEOs, and blah, 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 and how to be successful, and I thought, dude, I should just check that out. What's the, what the heck is the five-second rule? And so I was surprised when Mel Robbins wasn't male. Mel Robbins is a female on a TED Talk, and she started saying this. She said, she said, here's what I know. Many people are unsuccessful because they feel these nudges in life. They have these ideas, and within five seconds, they talk themselves out of it because they naturally give things, and they talk themselves right out of doing whatever they're supposed to do. She said, in five seconds, you have to make a commitment. I thought, that sounds like the Bible. Because I think the Holy Spirit's giving us nudges all the time. And you know what we do? We talk ourselves out of them. Dude, offer forgiveness. Well, you know, if I do, they will. And they'll think they're getting a free pass. And in five seconds, we're like, nope, not doing that. Hey, bro, stop and talk to that clerk. And Again, that's how, that's how I get talked to by the Lord, all right? He, he knows that I've been accurate. I speak. So he said, hey, bro, stop and talk to the clerk today. Would you do that? I'm like, bro, I got, yeah, man, I got, it's 11, 12. Good night. I got like five minutes. No, I, and I talked myself right out of it, right? None of us y'all do that, huh? Huh? So if I get my mind engaged, the five-second rule comes into play. And when God nudges me to do something or to be something for someone else, I've got a little period of time before I talk myself right out of it. I let my, I let my understanding get in the way. 
Well, they, they won't receive that if I say it to them. You don't know. You haven't even said it to them yet. Right? If I offer a word of encouragement, they're not going to pay attention to me. Who am I? And it seems to me a guy named Moses said that once. Am I right? And God went, hey, it's not about you, Moses. Tell them I am sent you. Sent you. And that's how he said, oh, oh, oh. okay. Because he had a speech impediment. I'm slow of speech. That's what he, told, that's what he tells the Lord. I can't go talk to Pharaoh. I can't even talk right. My wife made fun of me yesterday. Because I, I was involved in a conversation, and my CD track got stuck. Any ever that happen to you guys? Go, 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 go. Go. So like Porky Pig, right? So you, you got you to get past that. The next thing it says, trust with your heart. Don't lean away from your own wisdom. Next thing it says, seek his will. The thing I'm going to tell you, seek his will and submit to it in, in all the routines of life. There's several things here will get right past if you don't pay attention. The NLT says, seek his will, right? The NIV says it this way, in all your ways, submit to him. Here's what I find out. Many, some of us don't take time to seek his will, number one. We think we already know, so you're leaning on your own understanding. You think you know what your day should be about today. You haven't consulted him about your to-do list, even today. You haven't done that. You're not seeking his will. You're not asking him what he thinks, where he thinks you ought to go, what, you have, what job you ought to have, what, what place you ought to live. You, you just think, that looks good, I want that. And you're trusting you and what you understand more you trust him and what he knows. Am I right? You haven't sought him about how to handle that situation with your boss you can't seem to get past. You haven't sought him about how to handle that controversy going on in your house right now between you and your spouse or you and your kids. You keep trying to figure it out and it's not working. And so you're not even seeking his will. That's probably about half of us in this room aren't seeking his will in all that we do. You do for the big things, but not little things. And this this scripture says, trust him in all that you do, all the, the routines of life. What way I should drive to work in the morning? Because sometimes he changes the trajectory for you on purpose. And sometimes it's for your good. Sometimes it's for somebody else. Sometimes he's keeping you out of an accident. Sometimes he's wanting you to talk to a gas station attendant before you ever get to work on a different route. And we're not even paying attention because we think we know. You didn't bargain for this today, did you? But some of us, we'll go to the seek piece, but then we don't take it to the next level. Because it's not good enough just to think, because I've had this happen. Oh, a few years ago I had this happen. Had a, had, a, had a person show up at my house. Marriage was in a wreck. Just an absolute wreck, right? Looked at me and, and basically was looking to me to give them license to get out. I looked at him and I said, I don't know what you came here for. You ain't getting that. Not for me. Because the Bible says this and such and other things, blah, blah, blah. So they were kind of seeking the will of God, but they didn't submit to it. Crushed family. Wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. Still thought they knew better than the word of God. End up in divorce court. See you later. Bounced around until they found somebody who agree with them. Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. If there's godly people giving you counsel, when they keep coming up to the same thing, they keep pointing to the same scriptures, chances are you should pay attention. Just saying. 
So you can seek the will of God, but the other point is, are you going to submit to it? Submit to his will in all that you do. See, some of you are sitting here right now, you're going, amen, that's right. And he's been bugging you for three months to forgive, and you keep telling him why you can't. And you want to know why your heart's all fragmented and there's no peace in here. Boy, that got real, real suddenly, didn't it, huh? Some of you have been asking God about why the bills don't add up, and he's asking you to be generous with a portion of your life, and you keep saying, no, you can't, because your understanding tells you you can't. And there's this doorway of blessing that he's trying to bring into your life that you keep talking yourself out of. This happening. You're seeking his will. You've asked, you probably have asked me questions about it. You probably asked your group leader. You probably asked some other people, you know, and they keep telling you, yeah, yeah, you know, it's good. and you keep going, no, I don't think so. And you keep getting worse. Everything on the inside keeps getting worse. No wholeness, no peace. Because we, we can't just seek it. We've got to submit to it. The Bible says pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus. He's the one leading. He's the one guiding. You aren't. You don't know best. I mean, think about this for a second. We spent the whole month of December talking about this grand conspiracy, this God in heaven put together, that he was so intricately involved in all the affairs of men to make sure, he, to make sure that his plan worked out that we might find him. Even to the dot of, 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 of the location town-wise, the mom that the, the baby would be born to, that, that, that certain things would happen. I mean, he just, he just set the, the stage up, and you think he doesn't know what's going on with you, and he doesn't know what's happening. And that he doesn't know what's best. I will give you this. There are things that go on in life that make zero sense, man. And I, I, just, I just sat across the table from somebody on Friday. And they're like, tell me why, Pastor. I'm like, I can't answer that. I don't know. I don't know. And most of the time, those things revolve around the idea of suffering. Right? Suffering is one of the worst things that mess with us, doesn't it? I mean, I, I, I don't understand suffering. I don't get suffering. I don't want suffering. But I do know, I know, I know, I know hard times drive me back to Jesus. I don't, know, I, I don't know why I'm so stupid. You know, that's what I think. I don't come back to you until something hurts. Anybody else like that? Huh? I don't come back until I'm hurting somehow. See, because we don't do Some of us... The next thing he says is, he says, trust with your heart, don't lean on your understanding, seek his will and submit to it in all the routines of life, every facet of life. Some of you don't ask God about your schedule. Can I really get down where we are right now? Can I, can I, can I? I have so many people sit in front of me and talk about how frazzled and how wore out they are, and then we start talking about what they're doing with every second of their day, and they look at me like, well, I can't stop doing that. Bro, I had to take three months off because I wouldn't do that. And I was absolutely ate up. It's really a blessing, too, when you figure it out and, and, and godly people offer you grace until you get it figured out. I had my wife and kids tell me this the other day. It was, so, it was beautiful. It was awesome. They said, they said, Dad, we hope this dad stays here and the other one never comes back. My doctor, I won't say his name, but he's sitting over there. 
I just walked into his office the other day, and he said, Aaron, you, you are completely different. And he helped me walk through that. I still got the prescription he gave me. It wasn't just medical advice. It was godly biblical counsel. Still hanging on my drywall race board of models at the house. You know, I noticed about you too. I told my wife, I walked out of your office. That's the doctor I remember having when I first started coming to you. And it's beautiful to watch, brother. And he's getting real embarrassed now because he don't like standing in front of people or being pointed out. So I'm not going to do it anymore. I love you. Thank you. Because things, he followed God on a nudge. And it wasn't easy. And it hasn't been fun. It was like old times. It was like family reunion in his office the other day. It was cool. Both of us were who we were supposed to be, kind of. It was awesome. Yeah. Live in close proximity to him. This word here, it says, seek his will. Another place, another translation says, acknowledge him in all your, and he, in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. The word says, seek his will in all you do. This word acknowledge, as it's translated, is the, is the Hebrew word yada, is the, the root word. It, it, is, it is the word it means to know by experiencing or to know intimately. Now, some of you may or may not recognize this word. This word is the same root word that's used in the Scripture when it talks about a husband and a wife knowing each other intimately and produce of their relationship coming about as a result of that. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Okay, good. Really knowing, right, 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 like, like, okay, we got teenagers in the room. You know, this is where husbands and wives come together and babies are born. Okay, that kind of deep knowledge, deep intersection of lives coming together. He says, acknowledge God, be intimately acquainted with him in every arena of life. Let him in on everything. Let there be nothing hiding him from you or you from him. Let there be nothing that gets in the way. To be deeply connected, deeply knowing, deeply in love with him in the middle of everything. That's what I say. And out of that, I just, I woke up this morning, I read my, it was as high as where I came to church, and this is awesome. Oswald Chambers says today, it is a joy to Jesus when a disciple takes time to step more intimately with him. Fruit bearing is always mentioned as the manifestation of an intimate union with Jesus Christ. And he refers to John 15. You should go read John 15. Here's the thing. You, you, your life seems fruitless, like there's not much going on. Chances are probably you and God aren't on the same page, and you aren't as intimate with him as you need to be. Things seem fruitless right now, like there's not much joy, not much peace, not much hope, not much evidence of the Spirit of God at work in and around you, your spouse, your family, your friends, your co-workers, whatever. Chances are God hasn't been invited into that place of intimacy in your life. Otherwise, fruit would be there. Do you get that? And when we trust with our heart, we seek his will and submit to it, and we live in close proximity to him, he says he will lead you straight where you need to be or to go. He'll make your path. He'll show you which path to take. The idea of being, he will show you where you need to be. This idea of be is the big deal. Be, he will lead you to be who he intended you to be from the beginning of time. Some of you stand in the mirror and you don't like the person you're looking at. Am I right? You don't like who's staring back at you when you brush your teeth or fix your hair or shave or whatever. You don't like that person. 
And here's the thing. Chances are that person in the mirror is as intimate with God as they need to be. And they're not living in close proximity. And so that you can't be who you were designed to be because the one who, who made you who you are, who could help you be what you're supposed to be, you made him a, a, a sidebar of life rather than the center of life. And he will lead you to be who you ought to be who you are supposed to be. But then he'll also lead you, that person who you are supposed to be, where you need to go. Where you're supposed to live. Where you're supposed to go to church. Where you're supposed to have your job. Why all that begins to come into fruition because you're trusting him more than you're trusting you. And so things begin to happen. If we turn to rely upon God, life and peace truly come. Let me turn it towards you. Let me ask you some really hard questions, but look at a piece of Scripture. What are the traits of a life that trusts in God? Psalm 37, 3-7, read like this. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take the light in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord, and wait patiently for Him to act. And I put a little dot, dot, dot there. That's not really in the scripture. But I want you to stop for a minute and think. Because immediately, the reason some of you are going to not trust God is because what you see happening in other people's lives. He goes, wait, pay for him to act. And he goes, don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. You can't, you can't be in fear and trust simultaneously. Impossible. Impossible. So what does a life look like? That trust God. What are the traits of a person? Number one, they're settled. It says, trust the Lord and do good. Live safely. Several translations use the word dwell in the land. Dwell where God's placed you. When you are trusting in God, you are settled. There's contentment with who you are, where you are, what you have, and where your life is headed. If you are not settled, you are not trusting God. If you are very discontented, if you can keep looking for another place, another time, another thing, another, and you just can't seem to settle the issues, you are not in, in trust with the Lord. Does that make sense? So I'm going to ask you this. If you're settled, some of you are looking for peace. We're talking about this idea of peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but peace is because of confidence in the one who's called you. Are you always going around looking here and there, chasing the pot of gold in the rainbow, or are you settled where God has placed you? Is there always another job or another neighborhood or another car? Some of you have already started thinking about another spouse. That'd be cool. Everything'd be great. That's not the answer, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the answer. You're not settled. The Bible says if you're trusting in God, you can dwell safely and securely in the land where you are. I love, anybody seen The Passion of the Christ? Everybody seen the movie The Passion of the Christ? You want to talk about awesome settledness, right? I don't think this really happened, but the imagery is right on the money, I think. There's this scene where Jesus has sat in the garden, right? He had that, he's had that conversation with him and the Father. And he's determined, I'm going to follow the will of God regardless. And it's almost as if in that moment, there's, a, there's, there's like this moment of almost weakness, right? Where he's like, if there's... He, he, he kind of, he's, he's in that trust mode. Like, if there's a better way, let's do that one. Remember that? And all of a sudden, he's like, but nonetheless, I trust you, Father. Not my will, but your will be done. And he stands up, and there's that snake rolling around right there, right? He's like, no other way. Settle on this right now. 
And it'd be neat if all the suffering was over at that point, right? Like he's made the decision. He's settled in what God wants him to be. He's put the foot down, right? The suffering just begins. And he's, he's trucking through all this and been beaten and mocked and face is all swelled up and his back is shredded. And now he's got this big cross on his back and he's walking through the, down the Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem. He's walking with all that and bloody and his mom sees him down the corridor, right? I don't think this really happened, but the point is, is very, very, very biblical, right? Mary looks at him and she sees him in the, in the corridor. As any mom would, she comes running. She's not in peace. She's not happy about this at all. And she thinks she can fix it or something. And she comes running up and she tries to like wipe the blood off his face. And, and he's standing there and he looks at her and he goes, and, and, and the moment of perfect peace, man, total wholeness, suffering like crazy. He looks up at her and he goes, Behold, I make all things new. <laughs> Keeps walking, man. Oh, he was settled, man. The things around him didn't get him off track. The things that were going on, the pain he was enduring, the, the, the fleeing of his friends, the, all of that, 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 that had no, he was settled. I have settled that thing. I am trusting in the Father. He is going to see me through. And some of us today, if we have the 2018 we're supposed to have, we got to settle the trust issue between us and God. And I'm not going to promise you today that 2018 is going to be awesome. Just follow Jesus. It's going to be so great. Every, every day of 360, 365 days of 2018 will be Friday for you. I am going to say this. If the issue is your heart, I can help you get your heart right. And then whatever 2018 throws at you, I can help you see that there's settling that can happen, peace that can happen, growth that can happen. And I've gone way too long, but I'm going to keep rolling, okay? The other thing it says is you're faithful. That means there's follow-through in your life on the things God asks you to do. 100% no, because you can't be that. But more than not, let me ask you a question. Are there things you've left undone? Are there promises you've made that have been left unkept? Because as you trust in God, He gives you the ability to be what He is. In Revelation, the Scriptures call Him true and faithful. What He says, He means. What He says, He follows through with. And as we grow in it, the, the big object of your year this year to be, should be to be more, more like him. And again, that doesn't mean everything goes the way you want it to. Then it doesn't mean everything just runs out peachy. It, it means that you're growing to be the person he called you to be. One, one translation in the NASB says about this line here, it says, uh, you'll live safely in the land and prosper. It says, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Cultivate it. Something has to grow in you. And as you are growing in trust in God, faithfulness becomes a part of the equation. It says, delight, another translation says, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll bring certain things to pass, the desires of your heart, right? Can I ask you a question? Are you delightful? Is there an, an, an arena of delightfulness about your life? Because delightful means this, charming, enchanting, captivating, bewitching, appealing, sweet, endearing, cute, lovely, adorable, delectable, delicious, gorgeous, ravishing, beautiful, pretty. Let me ask you this question. 
If you're following Christ and you're trusting God, is there something in your life that's drawing other people to God because there's delightfulness coming out of you? See, for 2018, you should seek to be not just settled and not just faithful. You should be seeking to be delightful. That there's something enchanting, something gorgeous, something beautiful about your life that draws other people to the person of Christ. That trust in Him is so translated through you that suddenly other people go, dude, what is the deal? Delight yourself in the Lord. Next thing it says is commit yourself. See, the next thing it says is that a life that's trusting in God is a growing commitment to Christ with stillness and patience. Stillness and patience. Wait patiently on the Lord. Be still. Is your life marked by growing commitment? Let me ask you this. Is the ante progressively growing in your life? What do you mean, Aaron? I mean like this. What's the attitude of surrender in your life? For some of you, it may be a financial issue. We believe in the concept of tithing here, much for the same reason that Greg described during the offering about humility. That it keeps you detached from things of earth so you can stay, remain attached to the things of heaven. Is, there a, is, is your ability to be generous growing? Is there a, is there a heart in, in you to be like, because God sold the world that he gave. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a character trait of Jesus. He, he's generous. He, he gives. He, 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 at the expense of himself, he takes care of other people. That, that's just what he does. And so is, there, is, that, is that getting progressed? Is, is life becoming more and more about him or more and more about you? Because John the Baptist in John chapter 3, Three, I think, says this: these words that I must decrease, he must increase. Is that happening? Are, are you, is he becoming more and more of the Lord of every area of your life or less and less? See, like right now, if you can look back to November and say, man, I was really on it with Jesus. And today in January, maybe not so much. Then there's been a trust issue that's not been contended with yet. That makes sense. Is that growth? I had somebody walk in my office this morning. This is crazy how God always works that. And I said, "Man, I'm being really stretched today." In your stretching, is there stillness and patience? Are you allowing God to stretch you in your gifts, your talents, your commitment level, your 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 growth and character, are you allowing him to stretch you? And in that stretching, it's really easy for us to get frustrated, but is there an element of stillness and patience? See, stillness has to do with peace. Patience has to do with these two terms are interchangeable in Scripture. Long-suffering, endurance. Can you go through some things and keep going the right direction? Or does every time something gets a little bit painful, do you turn around and go back? That growth and commitment has got to stay there through the storm as you grow in Christ. Is it there? I want to salt this by saying this. Listen, again, your trust can't be in you and your ability. What we're talking about is your trust in God growing to the level that it translates in how you live out your life. This is what we're teaching our kids, right? Hear, pray, talk, live. Hear, pray, talk. What we want is the Word of God to get so saturated in our lives, trust in Him to so grow that as we live it out, it just kind of happens. 
The equation is not for you to work harder. The equation is for you to trust more and do what it takes to trust him more. You know what Mel Robbins said to her people on that TED Talk I viewed on YouTube? She said, you know what some of you need to do right now? She said, today you need to go home. You need to set the alarm for a half an hour early. And they're like, well, why would we do that? So you, can, so you can start telling yourself what you ought to be doing, not just listening to yourself. This is what I think some of you need to start doing. You need to start setting your alarm a half hour early. You need to stop listening to yourself about how your day ought to go. You ought, for the first half hour of your day, consult Jesus about how your day is supposed to go. And then you might find some things happening a little bit differently on the inside here that translate on the outside out here when things get chaotic. But if you just hurry up and jump in the car and run to work, you and Jesus can't figure out how the day's supposed to go. Huh? You already got yourself talked out and he knows he don't know what he's doing. You already know. You know what you gotta do, you know where you gotta go. Get up a half hour early and find out what he says. Well, I need sleep. Okay. Go to bed a half hour early too, then. I don't know. I think he knows how much sleep you need to. I'll just say that. Inside that life, Jesus acts. Inside that life, he works in and through. In this vein of life, God shows himself strong. He shows his love. He shows his power. He shows his life. Not because we're anything, but because he is. And we've turned all of our attention, all of our hope, all of our affection towards him. Are you hearing me? I've gone too long, haven't I? I've worn you out. So where are you in those things? Are you settled? Is faithfulness growing? Is delightfulness a part of your makeup and, 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 and a magnet for people to come to Christ? Are you growing in commitment with stillness and patience? And are you seeing God at work in and around and through you? Those are the questions you have to ask yourself this morning. If not, you have to make some adjustments of how you're trusting which does involve the Scripture, which does involve prayer, which does involve your engagement with the body of Christ, which does involve you getting involved in a small group. There are several things, and it may be something for, something for every one of you, but listen, the issue is not whether you're going to create the resume that looks good. The issue is you're put yourself in a spot where you can trust God more. When I sat and talked to somebody this week who was suffering greatly, they started doing this. Well, you know, I give, and I pray, and I go to church, and I give the scriptures, and I live it And I said, listen, I said, stop. I did that just like that. He looked at me. I said, you're walking a journey there's only disappointment at the end of. Because your relationship with Christ has nothing to do with what you do or what you can do. Your relationship with Christ starts and ends with what he did. And when we start talking to ourselves that God owes us, because I prayed, I gave, I went to church, I went to small group, I did children ministry, all of a sudden we become the Lord and he's not. He owes us. And the real truth of the matter is we owe him. It's his grace that makes this all possible. And what you have to do is put yourself in a spot to know him better, not do more for him. Are you hearing me? Don't do that. Right now, whatever's bad in your life, don't offer God the resume. Well, I have, and I did, and I don't do that. 2018, stop that. He's your dad. What Phil described this morning about being in that aisleway at Target, God is like, dude, come to me. I love you. All right? 
Because you're never going to be good enough. There's nothing that disappoints in that road once you start tying up your resume. Nothing. Because as good as you want to be, you're going to have a bad attitude by the end of the week. Some of you are going to say words you didn't want to say. And some of you aren't going to go as far as saying, but you're going to think them anyway. Jesus said that's just the same thing. Right? Some of you are going to be stingy when God wants you to be generous. Don't do that. Some of you are going to be unforgiving when God wants you to forgive. It's going to happen. Doesn't matter about the rest of the list, right? There's disappointment there. Oh, my gosh, I don't have time. So why have we done all this today? Why? Proverbs 22, 17. The wisest men that ever lived wrote these words. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise. Okay, hear. Okay. Seek. Put yourself in a spot to hear. Seek out the will of God, right? And apply. There's that seek. There's that submission thing. Seek the words of the wise. Apply your heart to my knowledge. For it will be pleasant if you keep them within you. Within you. It will be pleasant. You will be whole on the inside. You will be held in perfect peace. Do you understand what he's saying? If all of them are ready on your lips, there's something about our confession that makes a difference. It's a part of the equation. It's not the whole of the equation. That your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today. Even, I love how he says this, even to you. Yes, you. Look at your neighbor. He said, yep, you. Just look, I'm telling that right now. Because they've already talked themselves out of it. Aaron spent way more than five seconds talking about this. Like right now, Aaron's about an hour and four. Let me really be honest right now. I want to shut this thing down. You know, if if we would trust God like this this, this describes, we would we'd, we'd find that God is faithful and He's true. We'll find that life doesn't always work the way we want it to, but God always sees us through. And we'd find out that people are drawn to the heart of God because of them seeing us walk in wholeness, because they can't find it anyplace else. Am I right? How many of you guys ever, can ever find anybody at work who's really completely whole and in perfect peace? Anybody find anybody like that? How about neighbors in your neighborhood? Anybody find that person? Maybe it's because God wants you to be that person. How about in your families? But right now, the equation is trust in the Lord. How many of you guys could be really honest and go, you know what, my trust, my trust quotient isn't what it needs to be? Matter of fact, already this year, it's January 7th, I have talked myself out of some things. I have leaned on Anybody want to say that? We're not your average church, okay? And I don't mean that in a cocky way. I'm, I'm really not because I mean, dude, we got. I, and I'm talking more about this guy right here than I am talking about anybody else, okay? So we're not, we're not like, you know, but we are who we are, okay? And one thing I've found in Scripture is, we can't, afford, we can't begin to walk forward till we can be honest. Okay, so I can sit here and talk about trust all day, and no matter what it means. It only begins to make a difference when we go, I'm the one not trusting. Are you hearing me? 
Let me ask a question again. How many of you would say, people are looking? Yeah, they kind of are. You know what? Too many of us think we're in a boat by ourselves. One thing we talk ourselves into is nobody else knows. What we talk ourselves into is like, nobody else gets it. No, nobody else is in the bad spot as I am. Nobody, no, you know, everybody else at that church, they got all their stuff on me. They smile all the time. And, you know, there's, and all of a sudden we, we start thinking something that's not true. How many would say there's an area in your life right now, like you've been thinking about the whole morning. When, I, when we started with Isaiah 26 and about perfect peace, you went, dude, I don't have that right there right now. Anybody want, want to offer up some honesty at the moment? See, the Bible says if we confess our fault, our sin, one to the other, then that's a place where healing begins. And when we pray, much power is available. Because honestly, if we're sitting out here right now, we're going, I trust God just like I'm supposed to. Man, I got this. You should be up here. I shouldn't be up here talking. Right now, you need to mark, you need to mark down the area where the, where the mistrust is or the less than trustful area is. Right now. On your phone, on a piece of paper, on a, I don't care if you take one of those things like on that commercial with the gum and write something on the gum wrapper. I don't care. And right now, say, God, this is the area. This is it. If I'm going to grow today as a follower of Christ, I'm going to commit this area to you. I'm going to trust you in this area of my life. Some of you need to, need to decide, like what Aaron said about getting up a half hour early. I got to do it. I got to start this week. I want to know Jesus better. How am I going to find a way to know Jesus better? Some of you need, need we're going to teach the kids this, this, this month about hearing and about praying and about talking. Some of you are, are trying to fight this battle on your own. And the reason you don't trust in God because you're trying to sort it all out by yourself. You need a circle of interaction of people you can converse with, talk to, pray with, grow with, ask questions of. You need a small group. This is not going to cut it for your spiritual growth. It'll help, but this is not going to be the whole thing. Month of February, we're going to start a thing called 40 Days of Prayer. We're going to start talking about prayer for like seven straight weeks in service Sunday morning. We're talking about them in small groups, and we're going to end that with 21 days of prayer and fasting as we approach Easter. We want to help you grow in those kind of arenas, okay? And so, so here's the deal we're going to help you, but you got to plug in, you got to make space and time for that to happen. So, right now, what is it? Some of you, it might be a physical issue you need to trust God with. Some of you, it might be a financial issue. Some of you, it might be a relational issue. Some of you, it might be just to trust God right off the bat, like, I've never come to walk with Jesus. Today should be your day. And because it's a grace thing, it doesn't matter what you've done previous to today. Are you hearing me? It doesn't matter what happened in 2017. It doesn't matter what happened for the first two decades of your life. It doesn't matter. God says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I paid the price for you to find wholeness. All you have to do is acknowledge that I did that, that I love you. Confess that before me and before others, and we can start walking together. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Right now, you need to start the journey of faith with Jesus. Right now.
Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.